Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is a prophecy that says God is about to bless Israel powerfully. Okay, so here's what happened. Oh, here, let me first tell you. Yes, the Berkeys have arrived. Our goal is to get them all shipped out this week. Also, during the process of taking these orders, our credit card company called and did an upgrade. And so some of the people have to be called back to re-get their credit card number just in case you get a call. So they should be all going out this Thanksgiving week. That's our goal. Anyway, so here's what happened. This morning, this morning, I was just praying to the Lord. I mean, I walk around talking to him all the time. And I, I said, Lord, I'm going to walk in and open the Bible. And I'd like for you to show me something. I'd like for you to speak to me by opening the Bible. So I walked in, closed my eyes, opened the Bible, flipped through several places, put my finger down, and it fell down to these scriptures. And so I trusted the Lord that this is going to be something important. That's what I'd ask for. Well, as a matter of fact, it was really important. Now, the problem is that there's so many things spoken of in the Bible. You don't know if that was talking to somebody 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Maybe it has nothing to do with our world today. So I ask him, you know, Lord, show me the deep and secret things. Because wisdom and might are yours, you... Raise up kings, you put down kings, you knoweth what is in the darkness, the light dwelleth with you. And sure enough, he did. He started showing me some things in these scriptures. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front, this is the summarized version of the points that I'm going to make in the program today. But I'm also going to tell you that it's getting a little deep, and I think I'm going to be able to make it so that you'll understand it, but also I encourage you to stay to the very end. So these are the points. One, I encourage you to stay to the end. I think you will be really blessed. I'm going to be giving the background first so that you can understand it or otherwise some of these scriptures wouldn't make any sense until later. Like, for example, have you ever read something in the Bible and you thought, well, I don't understand that. Then you read something else and you thought, oh, now I understand that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you the, (laughs) the understanding first so that when we get to it, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. Now, you have to understand, if I don't give the background first, then you probably would not get a lot of the points in this prophecy. And these explanations up front are going to be kind of like seeming random. So stay with me. I'm going to give you the summary up front. This is the point of the prophecies. Again, part of this won't make sense until you watch all the way to the end. Four horses bring peace and war, now they're bringing war. After 70 years, this prophecy will be fulfilled. The heathen are at ease, and they have helped the affliction upon Israel. And this happens when near Jesus returns. There's some date stamps so we know that it is talking about our day. And God returns the wealth and prosperity and comfort to Israel. The four horns scattered Israel now are returning the outcast. The four carpenters will be building Israel and cast out the Gentiles. This can be important in just a minute. You wait and see. Lord will comfort and choose Israel once again. Jerusalem will be inhabited safely without walls. God will be a wall of fire protecting Israel, the apple of his eye. In one day, 
God will forgive Israel. In other words, there's not necessarily some big revival. God just forgives them, okay? In other words, it's kind of like the sentence has been served. God will forgive Israel and crown her and give massive amounts of wealth to Israel. Now, that's what the scriptures I'm about to read will say. Now, I'm not going to read everything, especially in these scriptures. You're familiar with them. I'm only going to say there's a white horse, red horse, black horse, and a pale horse in Revelation 6, and that's part of what it's talking about here. Now let's go to the scriptures. Uh, excuse me. Before we go to the scriptures, let me give you the background. Okay, so what is Zion? The answer is Zion is Jerusalem. How do you know? Because the King James Bible has a definition built in. If you want to know the definition of any word, you just go to the first time that word appears in the King James Bible, and it gives you a definition. So the first time the word Zion appears is this scripture, and it's saying Zion, the same as the city of David. So Zion is Israel, excuse me, Zion is Jerusalem, Jerusalem is Zion, okay? God will raise up Israel and bless them more than ever. These are some of the scriptures that are found talking about massive amounts of oil will be found in Israel. I love this scripture. You don't have to hear all of it, but I love it, so I'm going to read it. Jeremiah 33, 9. And it should be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear of all of the good that I do unto Israel. And they shall fear and tremble for all of the oil, the massive amounts of oil, the way I will say it, for all the prosperity that I give unto Israel. Horn is a leader or a ruler. And it proves that with my mouth is enlarged over my enemies and the horn of his anointed. So there's your definition of horn. That'll be important. Then let's go to Revelation 11.1. 1. It says, There was given to me a reed like unto a rod, and he said to measure the temple of God. And he says, The temple on the outside, leave out, measure it not, for it's given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall I tread underfoot forty and two months. But there's a time that says, Jerusalem should be trodden down of the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So there's a time when the Gentiles won't be in Jerusalem. I don't know how all that works, but that's the way it says it. These are the two olive trees, talking about the two witnesses. This is important. Two witnesses, the two olive trees, two candlesticks stand before the God of the earth. Now, Ezekiel 39, 37.9 says, Come from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe. I realize this doesn't make sense yet. But the other scriptures won't make sense if I don't read these first. So first let's understand. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. It's a prophecy saying that Israel is going to be restored. And not only restored, but she's going to be restored greater than ever. Now, when America falls, God forgives Israel and blesses Israel. This is one of the time stamps. This is Jeremiah 50, verse 18. I will punish the king of Babylon, that's America. I will bring Israel again into his habitation or back to Israel. That's a time stamp. These prophecies, these scriptures I'm about to give you are for these days. Those days and the time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for. In other words, God looks for it but he's removed it all. He removes it from every person in Israel. There shall be none in the sins of Judah, and they shall shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. That's very important to understand that God just forgives all our sins in one day. No big revival. Just God, you know, he can forgive whom he would. 
Then let's go to Exodus 3.8. Now, this is really important because this is Moses standing before the burning bush. And God says, I'm, I'm come down to deliver you out of the hand of Egyptians. I'm going to send you into a good land, large and land flowing with milk and honey. Then if you jump to verse 32.13, he made him to ride a hop on the high places of the earth. You see, Israel... Many other scriptures say that Israel is the best land on earth. Now, I've been to Israel, what, 14 times, and that looked like the best land on earth. It looks like a bunch of desert and rocks and dirt. But what makes it the glory of all lands is the oil underneath it. He made him to ride down upon high places of the earth to eat the increase of the fields. We believe that means oil fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock. And honey is this. This is yellow-colored crude oil. Do I have a flashlight here where I can show you? I do. Okay, so that's yellow-colored crude oil. That is the highest quality crude oil on earth. And it looks, as you can see, it looks like honey. That's why he says, flowing with milk and honey. And I'll skip all the other one for there. Let's go on. Honey shall suck honey out of the rock. Well... (laughs) Honey is not in just a void, or the, the oil is not in just a void, it's inside rock. And some of the best rock to get oil out of is flint rock. Suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Isaiah 45.3 And I will give thee the treasure of darkness, that would be crude oil, and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which am called thee by thy name. In other words, when massive amounts of oil is found and given to Israel, that is for the proof to them that God is their God. Then go down to verse 5. The abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and they've already found masses amounts of natural gas out in the Mediterranean. Jeremiah 33, 7. Again, oil verses. I will cause the captivity of Judah. Now, that's not prison or jail. That's the wealth. He will gather the wealth. Kind of like he caused the wealth during the seven years of famine to be gathered into Egypt. He will cause the wealth of the world to be gathered into Israel because Israel finds massive amounts of oil. The other nations surrounding Israel, their oil wells start going dry. He gathers the wealth of the world to Israel. I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return. And I will build them as at the first, meaning they will be the best they'd ever been. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. It's the second time it said that. Where they, by they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear of all of the good, the massive amounts of oil, that I give to Israel. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness, for all the prosperity that I give unto Israel. Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing, oil, which I promised unto the house of Israel and unto the house of Judah. For I am for you, and I will turn to you, and you shall be tilled and sown. Tilled and sown means you're going to reap a great harvest, means you're going to be raised up. Now, let's go to Job. The word mitre is number 6797. It's found four times in the Bible. Three of the four times translates it as crown. By the way, I can already see I'm going to go past the typical 30 minutes for the program, but you'll be well-blessed for staying. You know, if you have to break away and come back and finish it, I encourage you to do so. If you want to know the future for Israel. Okay, so, Job twenty-nine thirteen: The blessing of him that was ready to perish upon me. 
So right now, Israel is pretty close to perishing. But I will cause the widow's heart to sing for joy. Those people that are killed in this Gaza thing, God is going to cause the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness that clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. So God is about to put a crown of joy on Israel. God is about to be the eyes for the blind, the feet to the lame, the father to the poor. I will cause them to find me that search not for me. And I will break the jaws of the wicked and pluck the spoil out of their teeth. Israel is about to be blessed very big. That shall also be a crown of glory into the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the, in the hand of thy God. These are the verses that are confirming <laughs> that God is about to put a royal diadem. And, of course, I know more about what that means. That has to do with the location of what, but I'm not going to talk about that. All right, now, let's get to the verses that he showed me. Zechariah 1.1. And I'm, <laughs> I'm already deep into it, so I can't read every word of this. I'm just going to get to the point here. Jump to verse 2. The Lord has seen, has been sore displeased with your fathers. Yes, that's true. Uh, Israel in the past has sinned greatly against God. But he said, turn unto me and I will turn unto you. Israel is going to turn unto God, but it's not some big sports stadium field. God just forgives them. So then he goes on to say in verse 8 that there's four horses, a red horse, red horses, speckled and white. And then he says, these are the, the, the horses that walk through the earth and all the earth is still in his rest. Meaning the four horsemen, yes, the four horsemen of Revelation chapter 6, they are the horses that determine war. And there was a time back in the days of Zechariah when all of the earth sat still and all is at rest because of the four horsemen. However, he's about to wake them up and send them out to create war as we know from Revelation 6. Then it says, against which thou hast indignation these... Th Here, let me back up. The angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem? That's talking about today. And on the cities of Judah, against which thou hast indignation, these three score and ten years, meaning. So for the 70 years that Israel has been a nation, he has had not mercy. He's had indignation against Jerusalem. But these three score years and ten, or 70 years, have now expired. Now, I know you'd be saying, yeah, well, that would be 2018. Well, I, again, we've, we've experienced many delays, and God is not going to write a specific date into the Scriptures. But he's saying these are the times when God is going to turn his anger away from Israel. Now, let's go on. Then he says, I am a jealous. I'm jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy, and I'm very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease. In other words, we're talking about all the heathen nations round about Israel. They're at ease. For I was little, uh, but a little displeased, but they helped forward the affliction. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. So he's about to bless Israel. My house should be built in it. And I'm going to skip on down. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, my cities through prosperity, remember that's oil, shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. A great blessing is coming for Israel. 11. And thou shalt say, I will go up to land. Oh, by the way, this is from Ezekiel 38. And it's, this is important for you to understand what it's about to say. And then we'll go back to Zechariah in a minute. 
Dashiell say this is when the Russians and all of her buddies come down to attack Israel on Armageddon. Dashiell say, I'll go up the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest and dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. That's the time when Israel dwells safely. No bars or gates. And that's not today. Israel is not safe. There are lots of walls, bars, and gates. To take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places now inhabited. And I will forego explaining all of that. And upon the people which are gathered out of the nations, that would be Israel and the Christians that God sends back, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Today we live in unsettling times. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do when food is no longer on the shelves? I'm Leslie, owner and founder of Joseph's Kitchen, and I want to show you how to make healthy, homemade, whole wheat bread for only a few hundred dollars a year. At Joseph's Kitchen, our ingredients have been packaged for immediate use or long-term storage. Go to josephskitchen.com or call the number on your screen to order today. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to josephskitchen.com now. Right now, Israel doesn't have much in the way of cattle. But when the Christians come back, one of the things I, I want to see them bring back is their animals. Okay, let's go on. Now let's go back to Zechariah. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. Now, again, horns are leaders. These horns are they that scattered Judah and Israel and Jerusalem. Then God brings forth four carpenters. What do carpenters do? They build, and that's what it's about to say that Jerusalem would be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For thus saith the Lord, I will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Yes, that's talking about Jesus at the return, but it's talking about before then. Because there's other scriptures that say though the whole world comes down to attack Israel, they will not be victorious. Once Israel is in her land, as she is, she will never be uprooted again. She will never lose another military battle ever, ever again. And that's Jesus returning at the Battle of Armageddon to see so. So it goes on to say, And he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of my eye. So right now, these terrorists that are attacking and killing Jews, they're making a big, big mistake. I will shake my hand upon those of Gaza and those people attacking Israel right now. Right now. That's what he's saying. I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. So what God is about to do, all of Israel is going to see and know that that's the hand of their God, and that's going to be part of what causes them to turn back to the God of their fathers. I'll dwell in the midst of thee. All of those are blessings God is about to send to Israel. Many nations should be joined to the Lord of that day. Well, remember, Leslie was told that after the Israel, let's see, what is it? Uh, Israel refuses help in America. Catastrophe hits America. Omar ushers in Palestinian state. One of America's greatest times of need. Israel has attacked America since troops. Chaos reigns as Americans pr- protest help to Israel. And then she also was shown that, shown that Israel and America will go against most of the rest of Islam. And I believe that Israel will emerge the great victory, get back all of their land from uh, the Euphrates to the Nile, and probably that's when the Russians attack and defeat America. So Israel emerges the great victory. In my opinion, America falls during that same war. The Lord shall inherit Judah and portion the Holy Land and shall choose Jerusalem again. 
Israel is going to be the best place to live in the days ahead. For he raised up out of his holy habitation. So what is an EMP shield device? It's a device you can put on your car and your house that in an EMP attack is supposed to stop the attack. And if you go to empshield.com and if you use the promo code PROPHECY, they give you a $50 discount. They also have videos up there. Shows you how to install it on your car and your house and everything. And it's not difficult at all. I've got one of them right here. Red goes to red. Black goes to black. Green goes to the car, uh, body of your car. And you just peel it off the back, stick it under there. Got another device that goes on your house. So not complicated. Take you about 10 minutes to put them in. So empshield.com promo code is prophecy. So this is, <laughs> this is what happened. So I was recording, and the folks outside uh, mowing the lawn got so loud I had to just stop. So in taking up a few minutes, I checked an email. I just got this email in, and it has absolutely nothing to do with our topic today, but I think you will want to see it. So I'm going to read every word of it. This was an interesting read in a blog today. Here's what happened. Last Monday's downgrade the Corp United States government credit rating to garbage. Then yesterday, they, they, did say, they did the same to BOA, I assume it was Bank of America. J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, and the three, quote, too big to fails banks, garbage again. But here's the kicker. In their downgrade announcement, they added that, paraphrasing Moody's here, the banks are so insolvent that the insolvent U.S. government can no longer save them from bankruptcy. Keep in mind that back in March, Janet Yellen of the Treasury promised that all big people holding their billions in those banks, that the U.S. would ensure that these deposits, even though they were above the FDIC's 200,000 maximum limit, well, yesterday, Moody's also downgraded Yellen to liar status, resulting in the rich bank runs. The rich bank runs. Thus begins the giant depositors fleeing to anywhere else. A rich man's run of the banks by wiring cash out. But let's look at Moody's motives for doing so. Did they finally step up and do their duty to investors? I don't believe so. Because what they did was suicide. They killed themselves by betraying their biggest benefactors, the fat banks. No, I believe the White Hats forced them to declare central banking system dead on arrival. I believe sometime between today and Monday, those banks will put a limit on the rich folks' withdrawals of, say, $25,000 per day. Now, this is how a rich man's attention. This is how to get a rich man's attention. Recall that J.P. Morgan was the bank that has been most responsible for fraudulently suppressing the gold and silver prices over the years. Also recall that its CEO, Jamie Dimon, Ten days ago, sold a million of his personal stock in Morgan. That means two things of, to us. First, he knew the end was near. Secondly, the laws of physics are about to be broken when instantly the metal in gold and silver coins will be changed to unobtainium. Is this the start of the rocket slide or rocket ride stackers have been awaiting? Now, what he's saying is, Soon you're not going to be able to get gold and silver. I don't know if it's now. It sounds like it's now. And from other sources I can't talk about, 
I believe they're probably right. This sounds in line with everything I know. And so if you have any money that you want to keep, be it 401k, 501c3, or 608b, or whatever number it might be, if it's in paper, be it coins or paper, and I should say U.S. coins, if it's in paper, like Lindsey Williams said, then it's worth the paper it's written on. Meaning, if you have some money in the bank, according to this guy here, it would be a good idea to start getting it into something safe. And, of course, that would be some kind of precious metal, gold, silver. Don't forget that Shane Warren was told in an audible voice of God back in 2010 that silver will skyrocket far more than gold. And for that, we'll recommend you call cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Call them. Call them and say, look, I got this amount of money. Here's what I got it in. What do you suggest? They can give you suggestions, advice. I can't. I can't advise. I mean, I'm just a prophecy teacher, right? All right, now let's go back to what we're talking about today. All right, so the next one was, and he showed me Joshua the high priest, and Joshua's in filthy garments. And he said, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire meaning? God is about to make Israel a firebrand. She's about to destroy many nations. This is where Joel says, you know, beat your uh, pruning hooks into swords and let the weak say I'm strong. In other words, it, we're getting ready for Armageddon as far as Israel is concerned. That's what they're talking about. Anyway, so Joshua is wearing filthy garments. But the Lord said, take away the filthy garments, meaning Israel has sin on it. But take away the sin, that's what it's saying. I've caused thine iniquity pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I'm going to set a fair mitre, that's a crown, a fair mitre on his head, and clothe him with clean garments. So God is about to put a crown of blessing on Israel, wash away all of her sins. I don't know how all that works. I don't know if all of the Molochs in there that call themselves Jews that are say they're Jews or not, but do lie. I don't know how all that works. Anyway, he goes on to say, I will remove the iniquity of Israel in one day. Why? Because he's about to bless them. So here's the summary. What these say is four horses can bring either peace or war, and now they're about to bring war. After 70 years, this prophecy is about to be fulfilled. 70 years was up in 2018. The, of course, there's been delays, though. The heathen are at ease, and they have helped Israel to be afflicted, and God's about to take care of them. This all happens near when Jesus returns, so that tells us this is an unfulfilled prophecy. And God returns the wealth, prosperity, and comfort to Israel. Four horns that scattered Israel will now return Israel to Israel. The four carpenters will be sent to build Israel and cast out the Gentiles. I think that that's the unbelievers. I don't think that has to do with the Jews. I mean, excuse me, the, the Christians. Lord will comfort and choose Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be inhabited safely without walls. God will be a wall of fire protecting Israel, the apple of his height. Yes, that does happen on Armageddon, but I believe it's about to happen when Israel and America will go against most of the rest of Islam. In one day, God will forgive Israel and crown her and give her massive amounts of wealth. So, 
I would suggest you make some proper preparations. I don't want us to be in line begging for food. Instead, I want to be us in line giving out food. And so here's what I suggest you do. Go to Joseph's Kitchen. I, it's bread. I mean, I have bread for my, most all of my breakfast and my lunch is a slice of bread. You want to go to Joseph's Kitchen. What you want to do is get this machine package right here. That's all of the gizmos you need to actually make the bread. Then the supplies are like this. Food for one person one year, two people a year, four people a year, six people a year. They're ready to ship it out right now. They've got all of this stuff. They're not out of anything. They can ship it to you. And there's videos and there's also recipes to show you how to make all kinds of bread recipes. I think I would call bread famine food. In the days of Joseph and the pyramids, seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And what was it that fed the year or the world for seven years? And the answer wheat. Wheat. And that's what Joseph Kitchen sells. Wheat. Wheat is, uh, there's not a perfect food. In other words, one food where a person could eat nothing but this food their whole life, but probably wheat comes the closest. So recommend you go to Joseph Kitchen, get yourself stocked up. Introducing the Watch Prophecy Club app now available for your Android and iOS devices. Watch Prophecy Club is your exclusive home for the last 30 plus years of the best in Bible prophecy and end times information from the Prophecy Club. This app features over 100 speakers and 23 categories of Prophecy Club titles since the beginning. We are also excited to announce an integrated community feature where you can interact with other believers and Bible prophecy students. Choose either a monthly or annual subscription with a three-day free trial. Cancel anytime. Rule number one, make sure your name is written in the book of life. Rule number one, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. That's the most important thing, most important thing, most important thing. Number two, most important thing, whatever happens... Do not take that mark of the beast. You take that mark of the beast, you can cut your hand off, you can chisel off your forehead, but you're going to spend all eternity with the beast, the false prophet, and a thousand years later, Lucifer joins them, and all the other people that take the mark of the beast, and there is no hope of escape. You are tormented. That means you're in total pain. It means that your body, although it's not a body of flesh, whatever it is, your body is totally being burned for all eternity, and there is no stopping it. There is no escaping it. Whatever happens, you do not want to take that mark of the beast, which, by the way, I would recommend you go to prophecyclub.com and get my book, Miss the Mark. As a matter of fact, it's sold so much, we are, I think, now going into the fifth printing. This book is simple. It only takes about three hours to read. If you, it's designed to give to someone that's not a Christian, doesn't know Jesus, hadn't read the Bible, give it to anybody out there. If they'll read the first few pages, they'll probably finish the book. And if they finish the book, I don't care what God they used to have, they're not going to take that mark of the beast. <laughs> and chances are very strong they'll receive Jesus. So for that, I would send you to prophecyclub.com. 
one for 20, and you'll have to check and get the, I mean, the, whatever the other prices are. I will say this, they just went up substantially on our printing price. And so guess what? No surprise, we had to go up on our prices too. Uh, but nevertheless, not about money. It's about winning souls.